the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For the Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God who was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the sister is deep. Where, then, can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this sister to drink from it himself of his children and his flock? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But, Hour is coming, and is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. A woman. 
but still no one said, what are you looking for or, or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And so the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruit of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me everything I have done. And when the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that it is that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's gospel is long and beautiful, and there's much to it. And so, do you have three hours? It's really about three things, I think. Number one, it's about prayer. Number two, it's about sacrament. Number three, it's about our relationship with Jesus. Let's first talk about prayer. You know, there's many ways to pray, and we sometimes think, and that, you know, things like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the prayers we learned when we were young, are good prayers. Don't get me wrong, but there's so many more other ways to pray, and we're called to pray in many ways. Today, Jesus and this woman sit down together. He's sitting anyway. And they have a conversation, like two people would. Right? We are called to pray to Jesus like a person, just from our heart, the things that are going on in our lives, the things that we feel. And that's an important way to pray. Also, Jesus talks to us. In prayer, we listen to God. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many people have heard God talk to them? 
God really wants? I said, don't raise your hand. God really wants to talk to us. And sometimes it's a different way for each of us. But the more we pray, the more we tune in to hear God's voice. But another way we hear God's voice that's very important to mention is through Scripture. When we pray the Scripture, the words can come alive. And certain parts have certain significance that jump out at us. Things about our life become enlightened by the Scripture passages. And that's one of the common ways Jesus talks to us. And so, prayer is essential way to grow in our relationship with Jesus, to be more and more aware of who He is and what He wants from us and how we're called to live. Right? This woman grew in her understanding of who Jesus was, from Sir to Prophet to Messiah. And then at the end of the Gospel with the other people from Samaria, the Savior of the world. And she came to know Jesus because of her prayer, her conversation with Jesus. And the other Samaritans came to know Jesus, this is powerful, not by her word only, but because of Jesus' word. Right? We all hear about Jesus who comes into this world. People teach us. And if our faith is only what other people have told us, that's okay. But we still can hear it directly from Jesus. And He wants us to know and believe and follow Him because we have encountered Him. And that happens in our prayer life. And so prayer is an essential part of the Christian life. And like that journey of the people in the desert, and they were thirsty, and they interceded, they complained. That's a form of prayer. And Moses struck the rock, and God answered their prayer and satisfied their needs and sustained them in their journey. That's the image. Christ is the rock. But our prayer life is essential. And so I often say, and it's really part of our Christian tradition, especially if you read the saints, right? we need to pray every day and to set aside quality time. Some people, I say, we say start out with 5, 10, 15 minutes. I don't think an hour is out of the question, but people think I'm crazy when I say that. But to set aside sacred time every day to have a conversation with the Lord. Speak to Him and to let Him speak to us. You know, you've heard of tithing, right? And we always think tithing is all only about money. But tithing is giving our first fruits to God. And we tithe our time also. And to get up every morning, if you're a morning person, or every evening, or at noon, and tithe some time, set aside some of our best time, our sacred time, for the Lord. That's an essential part of how we grow. This gospel is also about sacraments. 
Jesus says that the time is coming, and in fact is here now, he's present, when you will no longer worship God on the mountain the Samaritans did, or the mountains where the Jews did, Jerusalem, but you will worship in spirit and truth. You see, in the temple, the Jewish people and the Samaritans believed that that's where God truly was. That's where God truly dwelt. And that's the only place you could offer sacrifice and give worship. And so they would have pilgrimages there and come there at least four times a year. But Jesus is the temple, right? No longer is worship exclusive to any one place. It is throughout all space and time. Jesus is truly establishing a new way to worship. And in chapter 6, he's going to tell us, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life within you. And at the Last Supper in the Synoptics, he says, do this in memory of me. The new form of worship is Spirit and truth. We receive the Holy Spirit through Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, is through the sacrament. Baptism, where we receive that Spirit, that living water initially, but then in Eucharist, where it's renewed. And we truly receive the Holy Spirit. The love of God is poured into our hearts through the sacrament. And it's in our prayer life that we allow that Holy Spirit to transform us. And so, essential to the life of the Christian is prayer and sacrament, baptism, Eucharist, confirmation, and reconciliation. And thirdly, this gospel passage is about our relationship with Jesus. You see, I spoke earlier of talking to Jesus like a person. And Jesus is meant to be our friend, our companion, our mentor, our guide, our shepherd. But I have often said that Jesus is also our spouse. This scene at a well is reminiscent of the Old Testament when the forefathers met their spouses at a well. Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all met their spouses at the well, Jacob's well. And when Jesus says, go bring your husband, she says, I've had five. And Jesus says, yes. And the one you're with is not your husband either. Jesus is the seventh. Seventh is the perfect number. The woman has no name. She really represents the church. And Christ marries his bride, the church. That's how God relates to us. See, we left God. God initially formed a covenant with us, a matrimony, a covenant. And when we left, he still hungered and thirsted for us. And so he comes in Jesus Christ from heaven to earth. That's how much he wants to be with us. And then in this scene, a Jew man with a woman Gentile, a woman Samaritan, and a sinner because she came at noon, shows the extent to how much God wants to be with 
every one of us thinks or thinks. And he pledges himself and gives himself to us. And like matrimony, the two become one. God dwells in us and we dwell in God. And that union strengthens us, transforms us, and gives us eternal life because we are now members of his body. Temple is no longer Christ, but we, the church, his people. And in this Eucharist, we receive Christ truly, body, soul, and spirit, and divinity. And just as a married couple in their most intimate union of body, soul, and spirit gives themselves totally to one another, so through Christ in this Eucharist. And that fills us not only with his Holy Spirit and His love, which probably is His Holy Spirit. Second reading, the love of God poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so, like that woman, we too are being invited to be transformed through prayer, sacrament, and our relationship with Jesus set on fire again or for the first time. I envy this woman to some extent. She's down and out, but then after a conversation with Jesus, she leaves her water jar and runs and tells her friends or her townspeople who may not really look upon her that well because her life is changed. She now has experienced something greater than life itself, left that water jar behind, and it has so filled her that she wants to tell others. That's how alive we're called to be. You know, sometimes us Catholic Christians, myself included, really don't talk enough about Jesus to others and that love that God gives us. There's a fruit of the Holy Spirit called zeal for the kingdom, desire to share Jesus with others. And that's one of the signs of having that deep relationship with Jesus, knowing His love for us. And so, I lovingly, gently, Ask if the Holy Spirit is convicting us. Do we have that same joy, that same zeal for the kingdom that this woman has? Have we left our water jar behind and lived for the Lord? If not, Lent is the perfect time to draw closer to the Lord again. For the first time, or to renew ourselves, to go on a honeymoon with the Lord. Spend more time with him in prayer, perhaps retreat, to spend more time in the sacrament, to ask for that gift again of the living water, the Holy Spirit, the love of God poured into our hearts, and all the fruit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness, patience, and zeal for the kingdom of God.